Thanks for finding our podcast, Keep Questioning. At Keep Questioning, we explore topics related to societal change, group dynamics, leadership, music, and especially God's love and impact on our lives. We encourage you to look at life from a new angle. Ask questions, seek personal growth, and prove you can think. Learn more about this podcast at our website, novatropus.com, where you can also learn about our books. Now here's Ted and Carolyn Katranis with today's podcast. Hello, everyone. So welcome back to welcome. Keep Questioning, season number two. This is our first episode try of season number two. Yeah, welcome, Carolyn. <laughs> welcome, Ted. <laughs> We're glad to be back. We, we took a little bit of a break. We had um, some stuff going on, and we took a little bit of a longer break than we expected. Um, I don't know if Ted wants to talk a little bit about the beginning parts of all that, and we can go from there. Yeah, we had a few <laughs> things that we definitely wanted to take a break for that we had going on in our lives in the spring and early summer, but we never intended it to take about four or five months. I had surgery. I had back surgery. It's the second time in my life. I'm athletic. It's a big deal to have a back that actually works. Yeah, <laughs> so it, 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 it was difficult. The recovery is difficult. It's always difficult from back surgery, but it has been challenging for me to say the least. And I do want to add this for anybody who knows us. Uh, just one week ago, I ran my first steps in 11 months. And that was a big deal. That was a very, very yep. big deal because I've been <laughs> athletic my whole life. Uh, I'm a kind of guy who at the age of like 58 or 59... Are you sure you want to tell everybody your age? <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about that. No, I'm comfortable. <laughs> I, I like wearing a shirt that says, don't follow me, you won't make it. I went up quandary. You can't wear that with me around, though. That's right. You will make I it. I will make it. I made it up quandary <laughs> several times in under two hours, like an hour and 45 at like 58 years old. So, And I did some running on the way up a 14,000-foot mountain. So, you know, when you live at sea level and, and you break your body and to do stuff like that, athletics is important. So that was a big deal. And we had some other things, Carolyn. Um that you had going on in your life. I don't know if you want to mention anything, but you had some things going on with your life, your family, and one thing led to another. We finally, I think, reached a point where we said, okay, here we are today. I think we're ready to start a season two. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think what you're referring to is my mom also had back yes. surgery. Same surgery the same I had. surgery, not the exact same thing, but Pretty close. so sorry, yeah. mom, if you didn't want everyone to know about that. But, <laughs> um, so we had that, and then um, also we were getting ready to start up um, probably at this point, almost three weeks ago. Yes. And then I got sick. Yeah. I got like a summer cold and I couldn't kick it and mm -hmm. my voice was bad. Yeah. I was coughing. So right before we went to see a NASCAR it race. It was right before we went to see a NASCAR which race. Which was a lot of fun. So um, that was another holdup. Yeah. So that's what's kind of been going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're back season two. So welcome everybody. We're glad you want to listen to us again for season two. And we did 10 podcast season one. I think that's what we're thinking yeah. now. We did 10. It was a nice round number. We'll probably do the same thing for this season and yeah. go from there. We have some interesting things on tap. If I just want to, can I give a little bit of a preview of some of the things we're thinking about? Yeah. I won't mention today's right now, but we have an interesting take on Andy Griffith's show and a place called Roadside America. 
that we want to talk about. Which unfortunately no longer exists, no, which is what we're going to talk about. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful place. And we have a number of other topics that we're going to talk about. Uh, one of them is a topic that we've wanted to talk about for a while that is in one of our books called Functional Blindness. Yeah, that's going to be a deeper one. So that's not going to be for today, but that's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned because it has to do with how you reflect and and handle different issues in your life. Today, what are we talking about, Carolyn? So today we're going to talk about the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Twilight Zone, zone, you may say. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, different ideas about the Twilight Zone that we're going to talk about. Some different episodes that we like because we really like the Twilight Zone. And it's basically um, studies on life and what these shows can teach us even today from the shows from the 50s and the early 60s. Yes. Now, it is quite remarkable. Uh, Carolyn had been somewhat interested. And over the last few years, both of us started watching Twilight Zone again. You know, you, you, you replay these shows. And it occurred to us that this would be a great thing for church youth groups to do, to sit down very unorthodox, right, yeah. Carolyn? Yeah, but it would be very interesting. And, and, you know, we say that as people who know because both of us have spent a lot of years leading youth groups. Yeah, we both did in yes. our times. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we've various ages, middle school, high school, 20-somethings. So we do know something about this. And we just thought, imagine taking something unorthodox like this and then asking the young kids, what do you think? Because uh, we've seen some things that were remarkable out there. Yes, some of the episodes are amazing. It's just, I think it would be amazing to be able to use this almost as like a teaching tool, like you're talking about. Um, You know, the only barrier, I think, for young people would be the fact that it's black and white. Right. And they would probably struggle over that. um, Yeah, get past it, young people. To get past that. But if they they could, it would be great. Yeah, you could even use this at home. (laughs) You know, for families, sometimes you want to have a, a backdrop, a way to talk about things. Your kids come home from school and you say, how was your day? Oh, it's okay. You know, maybe it's hard. You need a topic to start, like a backdrop, something like this. Put put a little weird TV show on and say, let's talk about this or play a game. Let's talk about this game or ask them how they feel rather than what happened. So what we're trying to drill down into is how that, not that we want to, basically advertise for Twilight Zone, but that... Yeah, maybe a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> but uh, how that these people back in the late 1950s came up with ideas that were groundbreaking, and they were used again in the 90s and the early 2000s, and people thought they were once-in-a-lifetime ideas, but they actually started. That's what I was going to say. I was just going to say, I know the one thing that we always talk about is how a lot of the ideas and thoughts and storylines behind some of the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episodes could could be made as movies like today and they yes. would be like earth shattering. Oh, they would be earth shattering. And it's crazy to think that they were made in the 50s and the 60s. Yes, and the acting is incredible. Great. Yes. As and a... there's a lot of actors that you can see in them. Yes. Sometimes from time to time they'll advertise like certain actors that Very are going to be in actors. because there's famous actors right. in the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episodes. I think even I think even Ron Howard yes. was in an episode when yes, he was he like was. three or four. Yes. Before the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Tie that in, right? <laughs> wow. Did that guy ever live outside of TV? <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> so here's one to start out with on season two, episode one for Twilight Zone. So just as a heads up, we yep. don't have as much preparation no, we as don't. we have in other episodes. So if we stumble around just a little and we're kind of like, you know, back and forth, 
That's why. That's why. Usually we're <laughs> meticulous preparers. And that's how it was when we prepared our wedding and our reception. Probably we'd be fantastic at organizing <laughs> weddings and receptions because we are meticulous organizers like yeah, that. Don't advertise that too much or we'll have to get a business card going. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so on this one, we wrote down only the briefest amounts and we thought, let's try this one without having as much planning. Yeah, sometimes we'll see. Sometimes it can be better. Okay. Winging it. Let's wing it. So the first <laughs> one we have written down, and we're not going to do all the Twilight Zone episodes, but we have one here that's season two, episode 24, called the Rip Van Winkle Caper. And I'll just highlight this a little bit, and then maybe you can say something about Carolyn. Yeah. Because some good. of these I know more than she does. Yeah, and vice versa. <laughs> so you have these three criminals, and one of them is the smart guy, and they decide to rob a bank and get all this gold, and it's in a, in a pack. And then they figure out a way to basically put themselves into a deep sleep for like a hundred or so many years. And they would wake up and their gold would be worth so much because they've kept this gold for so many years. They'd be rich beyond belief. They wake up and they get out of their cave where they are. They walk down the road. And as they get going, they try to get a to hitchhike a ride and all they have is gold. They offer people some gold money. And guess what, Carolyn? Guess what they don't use in that time in it's the future? It's not worth anything anymore. They no longer it's use... It's no longer worth anything. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of a weird thought because in our world, it, it's worth like everything. Yep. And in the future world where they went to, the gold meant nothing. Meant nothing. Nope. The people were thinking it was peculiar that they were trying to trade their money and wealth for food and... And for a ride to get out of the desert road where they were. They lost their lives over it too yeah. then because they thought that they were protecting something that was very important. And it turned out that they were wasting their life for nothing because yes. what they were carrying wasn't even treasure anymore. Yes, they treasured gold more than their life and they gave up their life. Yep. As the show yep. goes on, and I think you remember this, Carolyn, what did they never give up? They never gave up gold. They never gave up the gold. They never gave up the gold, yeah. Yeah, and one by one, they die. They died, yeah. So, and spoiler alerts, by the way. We should have said that in the beginning. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alerts. <laughs> there will be spoiler alerts today. Sorry about that. But it's a great show anyway. And, and I guess it illustrates the fact that in society, and I'm going to ask everybody out there, do you have things in your life that you're holding on to so dearly that actually... Don't Carolyn, mean anything. Yeah. That don't really mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's a lot of things. And and it's sad that we hold on to things. We get stubborn. And uh, we try to gain things that mean so little. And yet, in the end, what are the important things, Carolyn, that we should have? Uh, faith and family. Love. Love. Yes. Friendship. Respect. Kindness. But they didn't have those. All those things. We gave them up. Okay, the next one we have here is also from season one. I think it's episode eight. Is this one called Time Enough at Last? Yes. Yeah, Time Enough at Last. This is one that... It, this is a good one. I really... This one, this one bothered me. Yeah, it might bother you <laughs> if as you a, see it. As a reader. Yes. <laughs> so this one is um, about a guy named Henry, and he loved to read. The only problem is he could never seem to find enough time to read, either at his work... When he would go home, his wife wouldn't let him read a newspaper, so 
he was always struggling it was to like find he was neurotic. He a loved place reading. to read. He loved reading big like glasses. like crazy, like yes. big glasses and always wanted to read. So then one day he finally has enough and he decides he's going to sneak down to the to the bank vault because I think he worked in a bank or yeah, something like that. Yeah, very deep down inside. Um, so he went down in the deep downside in this bank. basement, like almost like a bomb shelter type. Room yep, type it was kind of like a bomb shelter. So he decided to read like on his break or whatever, and then suddenly, like when he he comes out, he realizes there was a huge explosion above him. Oh, everything, everything exploded. Is destroyed. So he comes like out World and War there's III. um, yep, a nuclear holocaust. Wow. So he's doing his thing for a while, and then he realizes that he comes across the library, so he's, like, really happy. But, but what about, is everybody else still there? Nope, it, he's the only person left. He's the only person left on Earth, mm -hmm. but when he comes across the library, he loves it. Oh, he finds a, a lots and lots of books, lots so of he's books. really happy. He spends he, a bunch of time, like, organizing them, putting them in certain piles of what he wants to read and uh, all the categories, and, and there's I was really happy for him. And nobody to disrupt him. And there's going to be nobody to disrupt him. And then something terrible happens. Something terrible happens. Maybe I won't say. Maybe we shouldn't say. But, but it was really, really it, it's sad at the hard. end. And, but I the was idea really upset. Is, and, 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 you know, think about that, though. Here's a man who wanted only one thing, and it wasn't people. People weren't involved with what he wanted. And sometimes, I guess, when you want only one thing and you don't care about people enough, what do you do if that one thing is then taken away? I never. I guess I never really thought of it quite like that. If, if but that's kind of what that episode brought yeah. out, I guess. That's why maybe I really it, it struck a chord with me because maybe because I'm a reader too. I really thought about um, like he was so excited and he was about to do this thing he loved so much, and then something happened that made it not possible, yep. and then he had to figure out something new. And it was Couldn't do it. hard. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's take another look at one. Uh, season 2, episode 29. This is called The Obsolete Man. Now, this could be present time. It could be futuristic. But imagine... It's futuristic. It does seem yeah. kind of futuristic. But imagine a situation in which you have a Nazi-like government that wins. And they're in charge. It's not a democratic government. It's not the United States. It's not like the Western civilization leading things. It really is a fascist dictatorship running everything. Yeah, I remember. It's, I don't remember. I remember this one, but I can't describe it as well as you. But I remember that it's like this group like you described. Yes. And there's only certain people that seem to have worth in the society. Only That's certain, kind of what I remember. Yep. And if you're deemed to not have worth, if you are no longer considered to have worth, what do they call you? They call you obsolete. And then what happens to you? And then they, they kill you, basically. They kill you. That's it. And you can decide how you want to die, I yeah, think? You are given the, uh, uh, you're given the choice of how you're going to die. And the, But this one man, again, here, we're talking about another person who loved books. Yeah. This person loved to read books, and it just so happens, maybe reminiscent of Fahrenheit 451, books were not permitted. Yeah, they weren't important anymore. And guess He what? was a librarian, I think. Yes, and guess what book he liked to also read? A special book. He read the Bible, I he think. He read the Bible. He? Yeah. And oh my goodness, that. that was considered very obsolete. He was brought into a big area of judgment, and he was considered obsolete. At the end... He was given his choice to die, and he requested that his judge 
join him for a short period of time in his room to talk with him. And his judge was there. How did that go for that judge then, Carolyn? So it didn't go well because then he got to see what it was like on the other side of things because the the gentleman that was about to be like killed in his way um, kind of like trapped him. Trapped him, almost so trapped him. Almost trapped him, and it yeah. gave him like a, it gave him a feeling of what it ha- what it feels like for the other person. Yes, yes, and in in his moment of horror, he started crying out to an eternal being, to God, and he started. Speaking of things that were basically obsolete yep, thoughts. And th- yep, and then he turned obsolete. Yes, he walked out afterwards. and they got a hold of him. And guess what they judged him to be? Obsolete. And he was obsolete. And he was like the leader, I yes. think. And then they ousted him and turned him obsolete. So it just goes to show you um, how insignificant we are, even if we think, like, not insignificant, but like they deemed him so in- insignificant so quickly, so quickly just with one little thing that he did. He didn't follow the pattern. Yep. And, you know, it's frightening. And I guess one of the reasons that Carolyn and I zeroed in on this one so much is because here we are in the year 2021. And my goodness, it seems like there's such an incredible pressure for people to act the same and uh, to walk the same, talk the same political thoughts are the same we saw a tv show called orville didn't we carolyn Do yeah, you remember well, yeah that? i remember the orville it didn't it never came back that time and it was sad which what a wonderful show though <laughs> uh i it i just it thought it show. was one of the best shows i've seen in a long time and they had a show where everybody was judged based on their social media yeah that was one of the first episodes i think i saw yeah it it's it's amazing how that it dra- does draw a parallel to our society and that when we get to the point where everybody has to be judged by being the same as everybody else, it's frightening, isn't it, Carolyn? Yeah, it really is. It's it's kind of scary. So this next episode is, um, I believe it's also, no wait, episode 21. Oh, maybe season five? I'm not sure. Anyway, it's called Kick the Can. Oh, season three. Season three. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, season three, episode 21. So this one really, I really, this one cr- made me cry. I it, think it's it dear did. to both of us because yeah. both of us have a desire for older people. And both of us have a desire to see things get better for how older people are treated. And this does involve some people. Are th- what They're not in a nursing home. What would you call that? Like a... It, it seems like it's more like an assisted living, assisted senior living. housing sort of thing, okay. not as much a nursing home. But um, the the basic premise behind it is there's one man in there that he just wants to have a good time. He's different. He's different than everyone else. He doesn't see himself the same way as everyone else. He just sort of wants to have, like I said, he wants to have a good time. He wants to be young again and play. He wants to be young. He He's different. He doesn't fit in. And um, he's always, he's trying to, es- not like escape, but just go out at just night. Just go out and have fun. And have fun. And get everybody else to have fun. And he tries to talk everyone else into it. How does his best friend feel about that? So his best friend is not interested at all. Thinks he's nuts. He thinks he's nuts. He said, we're older. We should just sit here. We it's should just do our age. thing. It's time to act our age. Stop causing trouble. You're going to get us all in trouble. You're going to get hurt. All this stuff. He's not interested at all. But he, um, the other gentleman, he, he talks persists. to all the res- all the other people there, and he, um, what does he do? Well, it's interesting. He never gives up to begin with, 
his desire to be young. Nobody can convince him, even the doctors that think he has to calm down. So one night he sneaks down and uh, he organizes something because he used to go to the people all the time and say, do you remember when we used to play kick the can when we were young? We have to play kick the can. He wanted them to go out and just have fun and to be kids again. So he persuaded everybody to go down and play, except for one person who didn't go. It was, yep, his his best friend and roommate um, wouldn't go. Who thought he go. was nuts. He just thought he was nuts. So they all sneak down one by one, and they go outside, and, and they're not, they're old, so they're not very good at running, but they no. get a can. And, and they play. And they play. Yeah. In the meantime, his friend calls the police and calls the... Like the people at the, the, the resident home. Yeah. That, you know, to come and get them and they're causing trouble and they're outside when they're not supposed to be. And they look for them. And guess what? They all disappeared. They all, they all turned. They're nowhere to be found. They all turned young again. Yes. That's the way it appears. That's the way it appears because it shows them like almost like youthful and running away like they would have when they were children. And the the one who wouldn't do it, who he was the only one left behind. He sees it. And he sees it and he realizes his mistake and he feels left behind. Yes. And it was just so, for me, this is my perception of that one part is for me to see all the older people playing and then wonderful thing to, to become young again. It just, it kind of, for me was like feeling like that's the desire of every person's heart. Ultimately they want to be young. They remember those things and they, they, they just want to be. They want to go back there again. Yes. We take people who've had wonderful, wonderful lives and they live these wonderful lives. They work hard. They get a house. And then when they're older, they wind up in nursing homes and they lose everything. And they do nothing in the nursing homes except Mm -hmm. they play a few puzzles and maybe they get together and play a game in, in the fellowship room. But I think every person would love the opportunity to just be young again and not to just be told they have to be old. What do you think, Carolyn? Yeah, I think that um, everybody desires that. I think that's why this episode really stuck with me because my dad's a little older and um, I, I thought about him and I know all the things he remembers and it just reminded me that everybody has a desire in their heart that they want to be young and I think mm-hmm. it's something we should hold on to. Yeah, be young. Be young and don't let anybody else tell you. And if you're not real good at being young, you don't have to be real good. Just have fun. You can still try. Yeah, still try. Okay, we have another one here that we want to do. It's called 100 Yards Over the Rim, Season 2, Episode 23. And in this one, we have uh, these uh, people who are traveling in a wagon train. And I think Cliff Robertson... A famous actor might have been one of the people who was in it. And they're traveling out west, about three or four wagons together. And the leader of this group, his son is very, very ill. And uh, he uh, goes and does everything he can to take care of them. And finally, at one point, he realizes he has to go out by himself. He leaves the other people, his wife, his family behind. And he takes his gun with him and he walks up a few hundred yards over the rim. Over the rim? (laughs) Yeah, and as soon as he <laughs> gets over this one. rim, things look a little different. Yeah, everything looks different, and he's like a little confused. Yeah. Not sure what's going on. He sees these very strange things. He walks down. He sees a road. He sees telephone poles, and he sees a little barn grill-like restaurant out in the middle. Yep. 
he walks in. And it's very peculiar because here's a man from what might be 1840, 1850, yeah, 1860, somewhere. somewhere in there. And he walks in and he's just completely lost. People recognize he's lost. And the one, I think the bar and grill owner also noticed his gun. Yes. And noticed his gun looked like it was an older you yes. know, model, but it looked brand new. Brand new. And it was kind of like confusing to him. Right. It was very peculiar to the people and... I think the people in the bar and grill started to realize this person might just be a very weird situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As it turns out, he has the uh, smarts to ask about medicine for his son. Somebody there just happens to have penicillin. Yeah, they have. I don't know if there's a doctor there in the bar. I forget, but there somehow he gets what he needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He gets what he needs. He takes that medicine. And he goes back. He doesn't stay there. Clearly, it's the future. It's about 100 yard years into his future. He could have stayed there, but he didn't. That's that's a big deal. Yep, he, he definitely wanted to go back because his mission was to help his son because yep. his son was, as you said earlier, very sick. He gives the medicine to his son. His son starts to feel better. They continue to wagon train. But, you know, it's interesting. He didn't stay in the future where he could have. Yeah, he could have. He also did whatever it took to find medicine. They had a lot of hope for the future. This, uh, when we looked it up, I think we found that that boy's name was listed as some kind of a doctor or something. Oh, yeah. Something, I remember that, yeah. That Mm -hmm. it came, that his son ended up doing something really important. Yeah. Basically, what we saw out of this is the desire to just take care of your family and to find hope and to continue on. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and to do, to do what's necessary to help the people that you love and to move forward in the future. Yeah. Now, there are a few others. Yeah, we have a couple others, but... We're not going to go into all of them. I want to mention <laughs> a couple real fast. There's one that Carolyn and I both like. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell That's, them about um, this? It's season five, episode 36. I actually believe it's the last episode they ever made. Might have been. It's called The Bewitching Pool. Mm-hmm. And that one is... Really good story um, about a family and some kids. They have problems. They have some problems and turns out really interesting. So yes. watch, get, that, watch one. that one. Uh, the Eye of the Beholder. This is very interesting because uh, imagine a world where every single person has a very different face. A face that we all might think is very, very ugly. They might look like an animal or a pig or something like that. So where the standard of beauty is is flipped. Totally different. It's it's completely opposite yes. of what we would consider beautiful. Yes. Everybody looks the same, but not the same as we would understand yes. it. And yes. it's a story about that someone who f- feels that they're um, they're unattractive, but everything's reversed. They and look it's like interesting. Us. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, another one we just want to recommend is. Uh, one is called The Masks, season five, episode 25. Oh, this one was very interesting. <laughs> this this, this is, was crazy. This is kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> and a, a rich man, uh, his, he recognizes he's about to die. He's about to die. What does he do? So he has his family over um, on, I believe it's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And he requests that everyone wears a certain specific mask that he had um, made specifically, specifically for them. Um, up until midnight, so they could like get all masks, this money from them. Don't they match something? There's a he 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 projects it on them that it is opposite 
of them, oh, okay. but it's actually how they really are on the inside. How they really are on the inside. And they're all made to be a certain way on them, like mm-hmm. Everybody greed in this family or is very greedy vanity, selfish. um, selfishness, yeah, they just want like his stuff money. like that, and they just want his money. Yeah. And uh, you watch that. Because, that one is great. You know, these shows are all <laughs> excellent research and studies into the human soul. And it makes us really question ourselves. Yeah, and the human psychology. And, and there's another one uh, going back to season one, episode 25. This is intriguing. It's called The Monsters Are, Monsters are Due on Maple Street. Some aliens arrive one night and they just start messing with people in this small town. Turning lights off, making cars not start. And that's all it took. And everybody's running around the town, accusing everybody of being a monster, going crazy, ready to start fighting each other, because all it took was just a little bit to little create bit. fear. I was just going to say, oh, just one little thing is enough to create fear. Yes. How that does sounds that com- familiar. Does that, <laughs> does that compare to today, Carolyn? Oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely. Just, we're so weak. All it takes is one little thing, and we seem to relish. We like the fact that we can be easily triggered. But they destroyed themselves on just a couple little things, and the aliens looking from a distance uh, realized that's all it took to defeat the human race. Well, that's, I think, the end of episode one, season two. Yeah, I think two. so. I think that covers it enough for today. Yeah. So we looked at these because we think it's something that causes us to question ourselves our podcast is called what, Carolyn? Keep questioning. Keep questioning. And when we see things that we think are good that probe us, we want to stop. If if you see something that, that makes you question yourself and you don't stop and think, you don't get anything out of it, do you, Carolyn? No, and I think um, that sometimes things out of the ordinary are important to hang on to, and you can learn lessons mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I think we wanted to talk about. It was just because we wanted to present that you can take life lessons and learn things from different places, yes. or things that aren't always ordinary. Yeah. And keep your heart open. Allow yourself to question yourself. And don't be so stubborn that you can't see because those wonderful things that happen that help you just to, to be a wonderful person inside, uh, you know, let them happen. Let them happen. So if something causes you to question yourself, What do you think, Carolyn? What should we do? I guess I should keep questioning. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to our podcast, Keep Questioning. You can find more information about this podcast and our books at our website, novatropos.com. That's N-O-V-A-T-R-O-P-O-S.com. We want you to always strive for truth, growth, and God's love in your life. And always, keep questioning.